Good morning, Salt Lake City. Uh, my name is Peter Collister. I'm with the Salt Lake Community College Small Business Development Center. And we're doing a podcast today with the Salt Lake City Economic Development Team talking about what resources they offer and how to get a business license and other frequently asked questions. Uh, we also have Jim Heron. Jim, do you want to introduce yourself? Oh, I'm Jim. I'm with the Salt Lake Small Business Development Center. And Roberta? Hi, I'm Roberta Reichelt from Salt Lake City Economic Development Department. I am the local business and entrepreneurship manager. Hi, and I'm Will Wright. I work with Roberta in Salt Lake City's Department of Economic Development. So fantastic. Uh, so Jim and I work with literally hundreds of entrepreneurs, and one of the most commonly asked questions is if I work at home uh, and have a home office, do I need to get a business license? Yeah, that's a great question, and the short answer is no, you don't. Um, Salt Lake City actually has an ordinance that states that if your business does not affect your neighbors or the greater neighborhood, then you do not need to get a license. And I just want to note that you know we're talking about Salt Lake City here specifically. That does not necessarily apply to other cities um, and jurisdictions within Salt Lake County. Can I ask a follow-up? Is, is it they don't need a license or they don't need to pay for one? Do they still need? They don't need a license. They don't need a license at all. At all. Okay. Mm-hmm. okay. So what if they have people come to their home, sit in their kitchen, and discuss business? Does that change things? I don't think so. Okay. No. It's it's very clear-cut. Just, you know, if it, and that might get into, though, it's a little gray of if you are affecting the neighbors in the neighborhood. If people are parking on um, your street in front of other houses, you know, that could get into that. And so if somebody complains, that'd be something that they would look into. But if you keep it low-key under the radar, you should be okay. okay. But, but a lot of traffic would be that a problem. Would affect the neighborhood. Yeah, yeah. Deliveries and things like that. And who decides that? Probably our business licensing department in Salt Lake. Okay. That's fantastic. Uh, so the next question that we get is how do I determine if a location is zoned for my type of business? Say I want to start a coffee shop and I find a space down the street. How do I know yeah. if so our building services department at Salt Lake has developed this really cool website. It's called Open Counter. Uh, a few other cities that we've seen ha- ha- use this. You can go online. It's saltlakecityopencounter.com. So basically you go in, there's a few options, and you select check my zoning. The first thing they ask you is what type of business. So if you're opening a retail shop, a restaurant, whatever, coffee shop, you would type that in there. Depending on what you type in, they ask you a few more questions. And then basically it spits out this document, yes, or it does show you a map of all the areas of Salt Lake City that that coffee shop is permitted. And when you type in your particular address, it will say, yes, you are zoned for this or no, you are not. And it actually is a printable sheet that you can print out, bring into the building services department when you're ready to get your permit and say, this has been approved. So it's a really easy way. um, So it can eliminate a lot of the back and forth communication between the city and the potential entrepreneur. So we we really encourage people to use this. And you can really just type in really any type of business. We find that we've eliminated a lot of the work of back and forth for us by referring people to this website. Yeah, and also add that, you know, I'd strongly recommend that people um, give it a try. It's a very powerful and underutilized tool. Um, it's also pretty fun. Likely give you a lot of really good ideas. Just kind of go in and look in for, see what's available, what businesses you can do in what neighborhoods. Yeah, and some of those like nuanced type businesses, you'd be surprised in Salt Lake where they're allowed. 
<laughs> so, and then if you do, you know specifically you want this particular location that's not allowed, you know, that's a larger conversation with the planning department. So you want to get on that right away because that's a bit of a more detailed process of changing the zone. So what are some of the pitfalls you've seen entrepreneurs deal with when they haven't, they've signed a lease and then they figured out that a location is not zoned for what they want to do? It's complicated. (laughs) (laughs) That's actually something that we see frequently. You know, entrepreneurs are want to jump in, which is great. And they want to get started, but without doing your due diligence, if you run into a change of use in the zoning, it can really complicate things and really push your deadline back. And it might be that you can't run the type of business that you want to out of that location at all. And so, you know, that's not necessarily on the landlord or the lessor to, uh, to make sure that they know what they're getting into, right? So um, that's the one thing that we probably see most frequently. What are other permits that a business owner should look at getting before they sign a long-term lease, or any lease at all for that matter? So you don't have to actually get the building permit, but that's something that you definitely want to know that you are going to be able to put your business in that spot and how much that's going to cost to get the building permit. Um, we see a lot of people that, you know, have signed this five-year lease and then they then they take care of the building permit and they find out that because they're changing the use that that building didn't have fire sprinklers in it. Because these are old buildings we're talking about. There's a lot of old ones in Salt Lake City, um, a lot of restaurants. There's not a lot of built-out restaurant space. So these entrepreneurs want to build, um, you know, from the hood, the grease trap and all of that and not really realizing that previous use... And that's another thing is understanding what the previous use of the building was. And you can find that out through the business license department. And then when you're changing it, what are the fire department requirements? What are the zoning requirements? And that's easily done through a design review, um, which is for a free service through building services. So you go into room 215 and you, si- you sign in and you sit with reviewers from zoning, from fire, from public utilities. And you can really get an idea of what are the requirements for that space. And this isn't the actual permit. This is just a preliminary conversation about any red flags that are going on with that space. This is such a crucial tool because we've seen people uh, time and again delayed in that building permit process because they're fighting a certain regulation that the fire code is putting on them that they weren't aware of and they they don't wanna fix it. And, you know, that's just not the solution the fire fire department's going to go through with that and require you to do that. And oftentimes that we see costs go up by like 50 grand. And I don't take that lightly because for a small business entrepreneur, that's a lot of money. That's a killer. And so we really want to avoid that thing. So we recommend people going through that design review um, as soon as they find a space. And we also, you know, we don't ever require for a small space an architect, but we at least recommend working with one because they they are able to draw out the space and draw up a plan to accurately show what is available in that space as it is and they are they're the ones who can take the comments from the re- design review and incorporate that into the plan to get you through your building permit faster can, can i ask a question on the yeah. design review does it also deal with environmental issues like you know disposal of chemicals mm-hmm. or things going up in the air or something like that. Did they did they find out then what they need to do for that? I believe that's all included in the zoning part of okay. that review. So okay. they don't they don't need to go to a separate environment 
uh, like the state's environmental office? I, I would like say it probably depends on what okay. we're talking about here. If it is a if, if it's something that needs to be by checked by the state regardless, then mm-hmm. I don't think the city could take care of that. But if it's a, a specific environmental review specific to the city ordinance, they would tell you that there. Okay. And that's a free service? That is free. That mm-hmm. is awesome. We really, really recommend people to go through that large and small um, spaces. And so to get a building permit, do they go to that same office? Exactly. Okay. Which one was that? The building services, they're on the second floor of the city and county building in room 215. Okay, that's awesome. And Uh, also, just to add to that, um, our department, Economic Development, has a liaison in that department. And so he's kind of the the communicator between the business owner and the building services department. Oftentimes, our reviewers uh, might, you know, give feedback that is a little hard to interpret, let's be honest, sometimes. And so... This, um, our liaison in there can kind of translate what does that mean exactly for you as the business owner? You mean, I think it's really helpful. You mean city ordinances aren't always straightforward? You know, I've easily seen a interpreted. Few. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Yeah, he's, he's really good at, at what he does. Um, and uh, he's kind of a rock star. We're all a little bit jealous of how popular he is with everybody because we don't always kind of get that same love from everybody. <laughs> what, what's his name? Can we get his name and email address? Uh, yeah, his name is George Ott, and his email is george.ott at slcgov.com. And, you know, we recommend people to him all the time, and especially when people come in for the design review. Sometimes we have, we'll, either Will or myself, will sit in on that conversation along with George to have another eyes and ears um, on what's going on. And it always just helps with remembering all the things that we're told because oftentimes that can get lost in translation or just lost because your first design review could be a little overwhelming with what you need to do. Mm-hmm. So it's good to have someone else there taking notes. And on that note, it's probably um, – George is a great resource for everybody, but um, Roberta and I are probably a good first contact. Um, and then we can kind of recommend you or walk you downstairs and to talk to George. Um, there's also a similar process for planning, um, you know, so because sometimes people get hung up on just little things like sprinklers and setbacks and um, landscaping. Um, just any myriad of things can come up. So, so yeah, reach out to Roberta and or myself. We're happy to um, kind of, we're happy to nav- help you navigate through the system. Yeah, I can uh, second that firsthand. We refer a lot of clients to Roberta and Will, and they do great work. Uh, so the last big question that we get about Salt Lake City is, are there any grants or other incentives the city offers to help people start businesses or stay in business? Yeah, we get that question a lot too, actually. So we do. We have a few th- We have a few um, programs through the city that can help you start your business or ex- grow your business um, once you're established. I'd say the most popular one we have is our Economic Development Loan Fund. That's a loan fund for new entrepreneurs or entrepreneurs that are looking to grow their business. For a new entrepreneur, you can borrow up to $100,000. It's an application process you go through with our loan officer, and um, she will take you through the steps, kind of similar to any loan application, and then you go in front of a loan committee and present your, your business plan and your conception of your idea, and they will vote whether to, they will rank and vote whether to give you the loan or not. Um, this loan is super flexible sort of on what you can use it for. It's 
a working capital, its cost of construction, its hiring employees, its uh, for energy efficient equipment, its for expanding your business, um, signs, fixtures, furnishing, anything like that. Um, we don't really cap that. And this loan itself is an economic development loan, so it's really meant to stimulate business development, create employment opportunities, encourage private investment, and enhance neighborhood vitality. We really incur- we really look for those loans that are going into um, underserved communities um, that could really use, you know, a coffee shop or a restaurant or a bar or something that we're trying to get there. Is there a minimum qualification for that loan? There's no lim- minimum credit score. But the minimum collateral is 10% of what you're asking for. So that is something to keep in mind. Yeah, there's a, there's a maximum of what they can ask. But no, no, as far as being in business, obviously, as I mentioned, this is for new entrepreneurs all the way up to, you know, veteran entrepreneurs. And if you are, if you are a business that's been around for more than three years and you're looking for a loan, you can borrow actually up to $350,000. What are some of the other things that you look for in loan applicants? We look for diversity, so this isn't particular for women and minorities, but you know that's always a great thing that we want to support. So definitely if you're a diverse candidate or if you're doing something new and unique in a neighborhood that really needs it, uh, you have a unique concept, we look at your cash flow projections. Are you being realistic? <laughs> you know, we talked about with you guys and I'm, and you know, a lot of our clients or, not, or our potential loan applicants, we, we recommend to you guys first to sit down with you and go through the, uh, you need to have a strong business plan. You need to have a marketing plan. How are you going to market your product? How much market research did you do? to understand that this product's going to be successful. And um, we, we want to hear your story and why you got to this point, and we want to hear all that stuff. So it's a combination of things, um, but, but I'd say it really does depend on your background experience too and then how realistic you are in your sort of cash flow projections along with where are you putting this in. Is it a unique and different idea? And it is an economic development loan fund, and so the focus on economic development, look at job creation, contribution to the community, even things like sustainability. Yeah, and and so just to give you an example of some of the loans we've given, um, our Quarters Arcade Bar, everybody knows and loves that place. Um, they got a loan from us. The Esti Deli down on Main Street got a loan from us. Tradition Restaurant by Liberty Park got a loan from us. So uh, we tend to be sort of the opportunity for people that haven't started a restaurant or a business before and that sometimes aren't, you know, going to get a traditional loan from the bank so they can come to us um, for that. I will say that the interest rate on that loan, it's a seven-year term loan, and the interest rate is always 3% above market. So right now it's sitting at about 8.5% on that. Could home-based businesses get get that loan? Yeah, as long as you're in Salt Lake City. Okay. What other grant programs are available through the city? Yeah, so we actually also have a really cool one in um, this particular to the Granary District. It's called an Adaptive Reuse Program. Um, it's a forgivable loan, so we call that a grant if you're a forgivable loan. Um, and this is because the building stock in the Granary is sort of these distressed warehouses. It's also on a floodplain. Most of them need seismic upgrading because they're really old. So this loan is meant to fill that gap of funding that you might not get from a bank because you do have a lot more work on these buildings, these aging industrial warehouse buildings. So this is through the Redevelopment Authority of Salt Lake City. 
and this this is for um, property owners only. So it's not a if you if you're just a business in there, you wouldn't be eligible for it. But you can always work with your property owner to get it. And this is more for the structural component of the building. So a lot of these entrepreneurs that are going into the Granary District are changing the use of these buildings because they were old warehouses. And we've seen cool projects like Fisher Brewery change an old auto shop into a brewery. Atmosphere Studios changing that huge warehouse into now a 66,000 square foot renovated warehouse. And so the costs that go into upgrading, I would say, upgrading in the sense of what are the fire department requirements that they have to meet going to cost. And so this really offsets that. You know, there's so many entrepreneurial people and makers in the granary right now. We think it's a great, and, and the project area actually itself is for only about five more years. So it's a really good opportunity right now to get in on this um, loan grant. We've we've probably given it to about five different property owners at this point. So keep that in mind for the granary. And if you want to know exactly what the granary borders are, you can look on the Redevelopment Authority's website and it'll show you exactly what streets that runs through. Do you know what things besides, you know, not using the, the money for what it was supposed to be used for, what would make it yeah, yeah. non-forgivable? Yeah. <laughs> That's a good question. Um, I, I think it's pretty flexible. So, yeah, obviously not changing the use to what you said would affect it. I think not, you know, lying about things on your loan application, about the financials that you have available. If all of a sudden you didn't have that bank loan that you said, that could be non-forgivable right there. So this is, you know, this is a very incredible opportunity, and so you wouldn't want to abuse it. So essentially don't lie. Don't lie. Yeah. And, and you can – and it's – Available up to 200000 So it's a matching grant. So it's like depending on how much you put into the building, that can go up to 200000 But there are other areas in the city that qualify for that grant. Unfortunately not. Yeah. We're working with the RDA to see about some of these new project areas that are coming online to see if they can have um, a fund for that because there are other areas of the city that have these old industrial warehouses that require a lot of work to put into them. But currently it's just in the granary. And then the last one, I'll let Will maybe talk about this one, is our uh, neighborhood, our, our housing and neighborhood development division has a facade improvement grant. Yeah, there are other uh, neighborhoods in the city that are eligible for up to a $25,000 facade improvement grant. And if you want to kind of take a look at the effect that these have had in neighborhoods and districts, if you go to State Street and 9th South, you'll see a number of really nice-looking buildings, and a lot of that's due to the facade grant. So that is a surprisingly powerful tool. You get a lot of bang for your buck for that 25000 And so those are, I believe, they'll be opening that back up, and they'll be uh, going through those applications again uh, in this fall. Is that a matching grant where you bring money to the table? or It is not. I don't know. Can we say it's a gift grant? It's not a matching grant. Okay, that's awesome. <laughs> it's pure straight-up cash. Uh-huh. Um, that's also for the property owner. We have seen businesses, though, that have developed the application and then got their property owner to sign off on it because we wouldn't want to discourage people by just being the business owners. And that this is also specific to a particular area of the city because it's funded with the community development block grant money, which is federal funding. And we had to draw the area of it a few years ago, and it's basically for a five-year period. So we have one more year of that left. So right now it's targeted in the Poplar Grove 
Central City and Central Ninth areas. And you can also see a map of that on the neighborhood or housing and neighborhood development website um, for exactly. And as Will mentioned, I think they review it in fall, but it, it probably is going to be opening up in July of this year. Okay, perfect. Uh, so you talked a little bit about how many minorities and women have applied through the loan program. Does Salt Lake City have any specific grant for women or minorities? We don't have anything specifically, um, but we do encourage um, women and minority businesses. We want to be a very business-friendly um, city, which we are, and always trying to improve on that. It's probably important to say that none of these programs have a citizenship requirement. You know, we just want uh, people to have every advantage they can to start up and accentuate the businesses that they're running. Well, anything else we should know about doing business with Salt Lake City or in Salt Lake City? Yeah, we, you know, Will and I like to say that we're the first point of contact for people, um, for businesses. And so uh, this didn't really exist. Our department didn't really exist before, or nor did you have a contact for you as a business to call. And so we want to put our names out there as, you know, for the entrepreneur or for the business owners in Salt Lake City as their first stop when they have a question about anything to do with zoning, permitting. Um, financial resources, anything they might need to ask the city for, start with us and we'll direct you to where you need to go. Let me just say one thing. I, I really like what Salt Lake City is doing for the existing business and, and, and new businesses that start there. There's so many of the cities and counties, their main focus is is on recruitment of big business into the cities. And Sometimes they don't put enough emphasis on helping the businesses that are already there, especially the small businesses and things like that. So so kudos to you guys for, for what you're doing. Well, thanks, Jim. Yeah, thank you. And, and it really is the best part of our job, getting to talk to the businesses in, in the city and uh, entrepreneurs and people just with great ideas. So please don't hesitate to contact Roberta and or myself. What, how do people get in touch with you? Can you give us your email addresses? Yeah. My email is Roberta, R-O-B-E-R-T-A dot Reichelt, R-E-I-C-H-G-E-L-T at com, And I do a phone number too. It's 801-535-7694. But I would always prefer email. But obviously I'm available on both. Yeah, email is easier. Uh, you can reach me at william.wright at slcgov.com. And William is W-I-L-L-I-A-M. And Wright is W-R-I-G-H-T. And phone number 801-535-7936. Okay. Well, fantastic. Well, thanks, Will, Jim, and Roberta. Appreciate your time. This is great information. Thanks for having us. Thank you both.